All right, let's see if I still remember how to do this thing. My name is Ryan, and I make music under the name Sleeping At Last, and this is the Sleeping At Last podcast. Wherever you are, I hope that you are taking such good care of yourself, that you are healthy, well, and safe. Here in Illinois, it is a really beautiful day, actually, finally. Um, We're hearing birds sing outside, which kind of feels like winter might actually be over, and it feels a little bit like hope. It has been such a long time since I had the privilege of getting to speak with you guys on this podcast. And I've actually really missed this and, and getting to talk to you guys. And so I am so excited to speak with you now and to uh, to keep making a ton more of these episodes. Uh, so thank you so much for listening today. Um, and today's episode is actually going to be all about a brand new cover song that just released into the world today. It's Disney's classic, It's a Small World. And uh, I wanted to tell you a little bit about it and my hopes behind recording it, etc. cetera. Uh, but before we do that, I wanted to also talk to you a little bit about the months that have gone by between the last episode and right now. So after I crossed the finish line on my 25 song series, Atlas Two, uh, the middle of last year, I, I knew that I would take a little bit of time off, um, kind of a musical breather to, to reset and recalibrate a bit. And, and honestly, I had every intention of continuing on and um, cranking out episodes of this podcast. But after my Enneagram song nine came out, which was the, the final song in that Atlas Two series, I, I realized very quickly that in order to take any sort of deep breath, I had to press reset on almost all things sleeping at last. Uh, although I didn't stop working entirely, I did make a few things and put a few releases out. I did really enjoy a bunch of time off, and, and I'm so grateful for having had the opportunity to, to be as present as I know how to be with my wife and our two little girls over these last bunch of months, and uh, it was a real gift. So we got to travel a ton uh, when that was a thing that we could do, <laughs> and um, we got to slowly breathe each day in and out together, and it was it was really, really lovely. Uh, but at the same time, unfortunately, those months were also really personally difficult for my family and I. My dad suffered a heart attack last summer, uh, in which I'm so thankful that he has recovered and is doing very well today. Um, and around the same time, my wife's grandmother passed, uh, and then our sweet puppy Wilco shortly after that. And um, devastatingly, two very dear friends passed unexpectedly in 2019, Alexander Collins and Busby. I miss them a lot. And honestly, up until last year, I've been mostly spared from the overwhelming presence of of grief that comes from loss. Uh, Grief truly changes everything. It changes gravity. If you listen to the last episode uh, about how my song Nine was written, uh, I talked a lot about how uh, learning and understanding more about the Enneagram type Nine, which is the type that I identify as, helped me come to some defining and meaningful personal realizations. Uh, So through writing that song, I realized that I've unknowingly turned the volume down on my heart and uh, keeping it safe and kind of less vulnerable. And I talked about how writing that song kind of helped me turn the volume back up and it it cracked parts of my heart open that haven't really been open since I was a kid, um, which was obviously no fun whatsoever and uh, was very, very uncomfortable and and difficult, um, but deeply freeing too. So as I finished that song with my heart newly opened and messy, uh, that's kind of when this difficult season of loss began. And though I am certain it made it that much more painful of a season, I, I do really see the gift and that vulnerability, which helped me to, to grieve maybe more fully uh, through each loss. 
And of course, walking through that type of stuff with kids is is a messy and beautiful experience as well. Since both of my girls were born, I've I've really wanted to protect them from the knowledge of death. When we're little, I mean, until our parents begin that long process of explaining what, what death is and means, it's really the only time in a person's life where you get to live without death in a way. Uh, because once you know, it, it's forever. Of course, my wife and I recognize that each of our girls are are ready when they are ready. And as with all things in parenting, is never exactly the timing that you imagine. Um and we've gently walked them through what death means. Um, but thankfully, it, it really isn't a single conversation. It's kind of hundreds uh, as each of the pieces of information sort of slowly begin to sink into their minds. And and of course, they are so much more resilient and hope-filled than we as grown-ups ever really tend to remember or give them credit for. Uh, and one of the ways our, our, little, our littlest daughter, Iris, processes the loss of our dog, Wilco, is to tell Every person that we meet ever in the in the most serious tone of voice possible, um, uh, she'll say, Wilco died. And uh, oddly enough, hearing a three-year-old remind me daily uh, of the loss of my best little dog friend, Wilco, somehow I think helped me process too. It reminded me to keep my heart turned up and to, to feel what needs to be felt. And, and her talking about it so often helped me to not push my, my sadness down and, and not do what type nines do best, which is to self-forget. All right, we're only six minutes in, and this is this is getting pretty dark pretty quick. All that to say that the time in between the last episode of this podcast and now has been really beautiful and messy and hard, and and, and somehow still just really good. And honestly, I'm I'm very grateful for this this past uh, this past chunk of time that I've got to recalibrate. The, the recalibration was nothing like I had imagined, and was probably exactly what I needed. And as I mentioned earlier, I, I did make quite a few things during that um, time off, even though my my time off was not sitting down every day trying to write something new. I did have quite a few new releases. And so there was a bunch of music that came out between the um, the, the finish line of Atlas 2 and now. Um, so rather than make a whole episode going through each of those different releases, um, I will I will kind of quickly run through them and, and tell you what came out um, since the last episode of this podcast. And I know as a podcast listener myself, sometimes you just want to um, get to the actual episode and skip over all the, the updates and news that tend to be at the beginnings of episodes. So if you are that way too, totally get it. Um, you can skip about seven minutes to get to uh, the other side of this. But if you are curious about any of the new stuff that I made since the last episode, here's a brief kind of overview. Okay, first, so obviously the entire 25 songs of Atlas 2 were assembled into, of course, a digital album as well as a, a three vinyl record set and a, a really beautiful CD set as well, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, which all came out in fall of last year, as well as an Enneagram-specific vinyl and, and CD sets. And next, I recorded a cover of Barry Manilow's song, Can't Smile Without You. You know I can't smile without you. And that was for a TV ad campaign for a really beautiful charity called Operation Smile, whose mission is to provide safe surgical care to children with cleft lip and cleft palate. 
And I just really love being a part of that campaign. Uh, the commercial is so sweet, um, and I just love that song. I think it's a great song, and uh, it meant a lot to get to record it for such a meaningful cause. Next, I got to record Tegan and Sarah's wonderful song, Where Does the Good Go, for an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Look me in the eye and tell me you don't find me attractive. Look me in the heart and tell me you won't go. Then, in keeping with my Christmas tradition of recording a new Christmas song every year, uh, I decided to record two for 2019. The first was Count Your Blessings Instead of Sheep. When I'm worried and I can't sleep I count my blessings instead of sheep which is from the movie White Christmas and though that is a Christmas movie that is technically not a Christmas song so it is safe to listen to at any point in the year so if just just so you know um, I also recorded Christmas Time is Here which is from the Charlie Brown Christmas special Christmas time is here Happiness and cheer Fun for all that children call Their favorite time of year Snowflakes in the air So fun. Uh, so yeah, I, I love getting to record those two those two Christmas songs. So a very belated Merry Christmas to you. Uh, next, I recorded the Trog song, Love is All Around Me, for a, a really sweet TV ad um, for a soft drink company in Poland. I believe it's pronounced Timbark, Timbark, but it was really awesome to, uh, to get to be a part of that as well. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my and the next i uh, carried on in my astronomy series of songs which is music inspired by astronomical discoveries and events in the observable universe and i wrote a song inspired by the space telescope spitzer which uh, far exceeded its two and a half year expected lifespan and uh, received its final commands on january 30th 2020 uh, hence the official song title, which is January 30, 2020, Spitzer, The Final Voyage. This one was so much fun to, to work on. Um, I, I processed some images that were taken by Spitzer through um, some software that translated those images into sound. Um, you can also hear some of the, uh, the Spitzer launch recordings. And um, I just had a lot of fun. And most of my astronomy music is instrumental, but this one I felt compelled to add a few words. So um, I just thoroughly enjoyed getting to work on this one. And uh, this actually concludes volume one of my astronomy series. So um, I was very excited to uh, kind of have that final piece. And then I'm continuing on already in uh, astronomy volume two. Astronomy One will, will come out in the very near future where all of them are together. But in the meantime, each of those songs are out as singles. So next, I had the privilege of recording Amazing Grace for the, the Shondaland TV show Station 19 on ABC, and I did that um, a couple months ago. Amazing Grace, 
how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but See. I really loved working on this one. Uh, I got to arrange and record uh, Amazing Grace uh, to the scene that it was uh, a part of in the show. Um, so it was really, really fun to be able to, to work on the music alongside the, the visuals in this case. Uh, I also released a new instrumental song called Lake. which I wrote for an upcoming TV ad campaign for the company Securian. Um, I actually did a campaign for them a couple years ago um, and uh, that contained my song, Hill. So this new song, Lake, is kind of the sibling song to Hill. Uh, and I wrote this song as kind of a score of sorts to miscellaneous moments at home with my family. So it's kind of like a collection of family portraits in the form of music. And lastly, uh, my album Covers Volume 3 was released just a couple weeks ago, in fact. Um, it's a collection of 12 songs, including the unreleased songs uh, Young Folks and Looking at the World from the Bottom of a Well. If you knew my story, word for word, had all of my history, would you go along with someone like me? And that is out everywhere music is as well. Okay, I think uh, that brings us up to speed. Thank you for uh, for those of you that listen and were curious about what I've been making in these past months. And of course, all that stuff is linked in show notes. All right, so here we all are, April 2020, and uh, the entire world is a bit upside down right now. Novel coronavirus, COVID-19, shelter in place, quarantine, social distancing, flatten the curve. All of these are words and phrases and ideas that have entered our vocabulary pretty suddenly for, for most of us, and it is uh, drastically changing our lives right now. So I, I mean it. I hope wherever you are that you are safe and taking every difficult step to keep yourself and your family healthy and that in spite of everything, in spite of everything being difficult and hard, I, I hope that you somehow still see hope ahead. So much life is on hold right now and is unknown or is lost. And though I don't pretend at all to understand how all of these circumstances are affecting you, um, but, but I do know that as long as there is breath in our lungs, there are infinite possibilities to try to protect that flame of hope. Uh, and one of the really beautiful side effects of everything going on right now in the world is that so many people are, are using this time um, to make things with and, and for each other. People are being creative w with what we can still do um, from the videos of people playing music together from balconies in Italy or, or the countless live streams of musicians that were supposed to be touring right now but are playing their songs from their from their homes on Instagram or wherever um, or, or the early release of movies that are supposed to be in the theaters right now. By the way, make sure you see Pixar's Onward. I, I really love that movie. Or people getting in their cars and, and doing like a neighborhood parade for birthdays and um, celebrating good news where we can. And, and I, don't, I don't point any of this out um, 
ignoring the fact that there is so much grief and loss and overwhelm and anxiety and nerves about what this means for for jobs and everything else. But I do believe that we should celebrate and, and point to the good, the the light always, and, and maybe especially when it's dark. Um, and I can't remember which governor said it, but rather than social distancing, we really need to call it physical distancing. Because though we can't physically be together, we certainly have so many tools at our disposal through technology to be socially and emotionally together. And that's at the heart of all of those examples of things that people are making and doing to, to be together with one another when we're physically apart. So uh, in that spirit, I also wanted to make something. So I decided to record the Sherman Brothers classic song and, and timeless melody for Disney called It's a Small World. And before I tell you why I wanted to record it and uh, a little bit about the history of the song and, and detail what went into to my little version, let's play the song. Uh, so here's my take of It's a Small World. It's a world of laughter, a world of tears It's a world of hopes and a world of fears There's so much that we share It's time we're aware It's a small world after all There is just one moon and one golden sun And a smile means friendship to everyone Though the mountains divide and the oceans are wide It's a small world after all 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 It's a small, small It's a world of laughter, a world of tears A world of hopes and a world of fears There's so much that we share It's time we're aware It's a small world after There is just one moon and one golden sun And a smile means friendship to everyone the mountains divide and the oceans are wide It's a small, small world It's a small world after all It's a small world after all It's a small world after all It's a small, small world it's a small world after all It's a small world after all It's a small world 
It's a world of laughter, a world of tears, a world of hopes and a world of fears. But there's so much that we share. It's time we're aware. It's a small world after all. So at the beginning of the song, you hear this. And that is the beautiful sound of more than a thousand voices sent in from all over the world uh, that were woven together uh, kind of as the core and the heart of this recording. A couple weeks back, I invited listeners to uh, lend me their voices, uh, and I invited anyone who wanted to uh, record themselves singing a C note. Or a G note. And you guys sound absolutely wonderful. And, and I'll be honest, I had originally thought that I might get maybe a hundred or so voices. Uh, and my team and I were totally overwhelmed in the best possible way by receiving so many more than that. Uh, so I had to enlist the help of a couple friends to process and kind of keep track of each of these amazing recordings. So a massive thanks to Daisy Klamala, who helped layer a few hundred and also created the master list for everyone who contributed, which is linked in the show notes, by the way. And huge thanks to my my dear friend Chris Bethay, who uh, helped me clean up and process another couple hundred voices. And once the song was completed, Chris mastered it through his company Muscle Shoals Mastering. And my incredible manager Kim, who oversaw all of these uh, thousands of submissions. So incredibly thankful for each of them for making this happen. And uh, so I processed the rest of them myself. And uh, uh, what I wanted to do with them was rather than having, you know, a thousand plus voices all singing at the same time, I wanted them to kind of unfold as the song goes on so that at any point when you hear the voices in the background, they are completely different than when you heard them earlier. Uh, so the voices are sort of in, in combination of like 20 to 30 singers at a time sort of evolving. So everything kind of fades in and out of one another. Uh, and I really liked how that sounds. It's just it's kind of soothing. I, I listened to it for quite a few hours while working on this song, and uh, it's it's kind of nice. So here's a little sampling of that. haunting. I really love it. So if you contributed a voice to this It's a Small World Choir, thank you so, 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 so much. Truly, it means means the world to me to have you guys be a part of this. So It's a Small World was written by Richard and Robert Sherman, uh, otherwise known as the Sherman Brothers. And uh, a handful of years ago, I got to see Richard Sherman uh, do an event in Chicago where he detailed not only the writing of It's a Small World, but also uh, all the other Disney classics that he and his brother wrote. It was a really special evening. Um, and I, I just really in particular loved hearing how It's a Small World uh, came to be. Uh, so Walt Disney and his team of Imagineers had just built the boat ride, which was originally called Children of the World, uh, for the 1964 World's Fair in New York. And so uh, Walt Disney invited the Sherman brothers to walk or, I guess, ride through the ride when it was sort of in its almost complete stages and uh, to kind of help fix the issues that they were having in, in the, the Department of Music. 
the initial idea was as you rode through the ride uh, and passing each of the countries, you'd hear their national anthem. But obviously the problem was you'd be slowly floating past each country and you'd hear the anthems overlap each other and they would sound like a, a big mess, you know, once you're hearing multiple songs played at once. So Walt asked the Sherman brothers to help kind of fix this problem, uh, to try to write one singular song that could somehow bring this whole thing together. And so they very quickly wrote It's a Small World. And I think a lot of you probably already know this about me, but um, I, I tend to sing it from the rooftops, but I really, really love Disney. To me, and no matter what you think about Disney as a, a company or a business, it, which of course is a power to be reckoned with uh, no matter what, but the, the heart of Disney, the soul of Disney was and, and still is innocence. It's childhood. It's, it's finding the good in each other. It's about the underdog. To me, the, the heart of Disney is really hope. And though this song in particular is what many would, would call an earworm, uh, maybe probably the most earworm of a song in the world, actually, um, even Richard Sherman, the writer, <laughs> seems to say a lot that people either want to kiss or kill him and his brother for writing this song. But honestly, I, I absolutely love the song. It not only reminds me of my childhood, but it is such a beautiful melody. I, I adore it. And I also heard Richard Sherman once say that it, it was written as a prayer for peace. And I just think that is so beautiful. And that is what I hear when I hear that song. And that's exactly why I wanted to record this. It really feels that way to me. It is a, is a prayer for peace. Uh, and I think right now, as we face this very difficult time in history together, uh, we could all use as many prayers for peace as, as possible. Uh, and so what I love most about this song is actually the verses, which I feel like folks don't always notice quite as much as obviously the, the it's a small world after all repetition. Um, but I just really deeply love these words in particular. It's a world of laughter, a world of tears, a world of hopes and a world of fears. There's so much that we share It's time we're aware It's a small world after all And I just love that with such incredibly simple words there's, there's room for almost the entire human experience in those lyrics uh, It's known as a kind of a sweet idealistic song uh, But those verses uh, are, are really honest It's a world of laughter and a world of tears too a world of hope and also a world of fears. The, the use of tears and fears there is such a perfect counterweight to a song that could have kind of glossed over the hard stuff in life and it just could have had this very naive viewpoint. Um, but they didn't do that. They gave room for highs and lows and I thought that was really, really beautiful. Uh, so in my arrangement of the song, I, I really wanted to kind of invert it. So the verses are emphasized over the choruses so that those those words in particular get a little bit more of a spotlight. So I, I am aware that most of the songs that I cover do come out the other side a little bit um, somber and a little bit sad and serious. And I promise I'm not a sad person. I, I just like uh, somber music. I don't know. But for this song and, and obviously in this time, I wanted to, to keep it hopeful. So I wanted it to, to sound um, very serious and intentional. And I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to emphasize those, those lyrics in the, in the verses over the, the choruses. 
Um, but I didn't want it to sound sad, and, and I hope it doesn't. Uh, I will say that I did find several interviews where Richard Sherman talks about how the song was actually originally written as a, as a ballad, and it was slower, and it was um, a little bit more heart-wrenching. Um, so you could just say that I'm, I'm returning it to its original intent <laughs> by, by keeping it very serious. But, but I mean, I hope you can hear hope in this song, because I think we could all use a ton of that right now. One of the ways I wanted to bend it into a more hopeful direction uh, was with the help of my amazing little humans, Lily, who's five and a half, and my daughter Iris, who's three and a half. And they sang their absolute hearts out for me and uh, were so sweet to let me record them. And uh, yeah, I just love having them in here. So here's a bit of their cuteness. It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. <laughs> they are the best. So I also enlisted um, some of my absolute favorite musicians in the world, Sharon Gerber and her daughter Anya Gerber, uh, and they are responsible for the absolutely stunning strings that you hear throughout this song. Working with Sharon and Anya is truly one of my absolute favorite parts about getting to make music. I, I love hearing their performances and um, it just enhances the, the work that I have the privilege of doing. Um, and by the way, if you've heard much of my music, you have definitely heard their uh, beautiful performances on, on many Sleeping At Last songs. So a huge thank you to Anya and Sharon for bringing so much life and heart and soul to this, uh, this little cover of It's a Small World. All right, let's 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 talk about artwork. If you haven't already seen the artwork for this song, please go check it out. It is a painting from my dear friend, Jason DeMeo, who is a truly wonderful artist and person. So Jason and his very sweet family also share in uh, a love of all things Disney with my family and I. And uh, I mentioned to him a long time ago that I would eventually record It's a Small World and a handful of other Disney favorites at some point. And so a couple of weeks back, Jason uh, sent over a text to give me a, a little bit of a nudge uh, that maybe quarantine is the time to record the song. So after I started playing around with the song, I asked him if he would like to do the cover art for it. A few days later, based on a, a fun conversation we had about the art, uh, Jason sent over this gorgeous painting. So that is the cover that you see, and I just absolutely love it. Uh, Jason also wrote like an artist statement, and uh, I'm going to read that to you because I think it's really, really wonderful. Our world is a beautiful, fragile, and uncertain place. The Small World series seeks to provoke the viewer to see beyond our borderlines and imagines a world where our distinct identities are cultivated and appreciated, but also synthesized to create a more dynamic whole. There are seven colors inside the circle which reference the visible light spectrum, our seven continents, and the diversity that makes our world complete. With the addition of black and white, the nine colors that make up the painting are linked to the nine Enneagram types, which speak to the brokenness and beauty each of us bring to the world. Interestingly enough, black and white, often associated with binary thinking, were not included in the small world. The only borderline is the gold, which is a nod to the Japanese practice of kintsugi, which repairs broken pottery with gold, making the piece more interesting and valuable because of its scars. Let our love be the gold that binds us together. 
all of that totally speaks to my soul. I love it, and I love how the piece turned out. Please go check out Jason DeMeo's art. There's, of course, a link in the show notes. Uh, and a huge thanks to Jason for, for making this happen. It was so much fun to get to work on this together. So in just about every song that I record, I, I tuck in these little sound Easter eggs. Um, it's just a really fun practice to uh, to kind of add a little dimension. And, and I just like knowing that stuff is there, even if it's not super audible. It definitely takes a very discerning ear to, to pick out. But in this song, I, I included uh, some audio clips from family home videos that my family and I have uh, recorded over the, the many years of visiting Walt Disney World and Disneyland. So I, I just love the idea of, that this song that has meant so much to me and my family and, and brings back so many wonderful memories that there are uh, these little audio clips of my family enjoying that magical place. And I really miss it there. I don't like knowing that as of recording this, that uh, Disney World and Disneyland are, are currently closed. It doesn't feel right that uh, those magical places should ever be empty. But I suppose it will be that much sweeter when uh, those, those gates open back up. So as a total aside, uh, one of my, my great regrets in life was missing out on the chance to say hello to Richard Sherman, the, the gentleman who wrote this song. So when I went to that event that I mentioned earlier in Chicago where uh, Richard was, was performing some of his music and talking about it, my family and I arrived early and uh, he was just hanging out outside of the venue and, and talking with just a few people. It was like maybe two or three people. And uh, we walked by and decided not to bother him. Uh, but now I certainly wish, I mean, I don't want to bother him, but I, I definitely wish I said hello and thanked him for his hand in writing some of my absolute favorite music in the world. It's a small world included, of course. And I, I have no idea why I would have chosen to not say hello to my hero. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but here we are. I'm still talking about it. It's been like seven years or something. Um, and in that same category of regret, a, a while back, my, my wife and I were eating dinner at Hollywood Studios in Disney World, and uh, a couple tables over, I recognized that one of my favorite directors of all time, Pete Docter, who directed Pixar's Up and Inside Out and, and Monsters, Inc. And, uh, and the upcoming Pixar film Soul. And I spent the whole meal obsessing over uh, should I or shouldn't I go over to say hello. Uh, my poor wife was, uh, was probably not having her favorite meal with me and uh, saw his family get up and, and sort of hang around the entrance of the restaurant for a few minutes. And so by the time I decided, okay, maybe now is an appropriate time to just, just say hello on his way out. So I, I got up and went over there and uh, it was too late. He had totally disappeared. So the moral of that story is, well, I actually don't think there is one at all, <laughs> but I, I do really wish that I had gotten a chance to say hello and thanks to a couple of my heroes. Anyway, on a far more important note than that silliness, uh, the, the reason that I wanted to record this song right now is because this whole situation that we find ourselves in is just really deeply confusing and, and scary. Uh, I, I wanted to record this, this prayer for peace, as Richard Sherman calls it, sort of as my, my tiny drop in the, in the ocean of hopeful things that are being put into the world right now. Uh, the coronavirus crisis has upended the lives of millions of people. And it, honestly, it's so confusing to even know how to actually help outside of just staying home. Uh, but but maybe each of us can make some sort of ripples in, in whatever big or small way that we can right now. Uh, I know I've gone overboard <laughs> in this episode on my, my love of Disney, but I, I can't stop thinking about the message and advice that, that rings out in the movie Frozen 2. Uh, to quote Anna, uh, maybe we can do the next right thing. 
I, I wonder if the next right thing is donating food, canned goods to your local food bank or, or buying gift certificates from local restaurants struggling to keep their, their doors open uh, or by, by donating to a charity near and dear to your heart that are impacted deeply by this. Or maybe doing the next right thing is simply just checking in on our friends and family often in this very, very lonely time. Um, maybe it's donating unused masks to hospitals. Uh, and in any case, doing the next right thing is, is certainly expressing gratitude to doctors, nurses, and medical workers who are, are literally risking their, their own lives and safety and, and the time and safety of their families. And I think a, a non-negotiable next right thing would be to take care of yourself, take care of your body, take care of uh, your, your heart, make sure you're reaching out to people and uh, that you are seeking help if you need it. And all this to say, I, I just believe that somehow goodness and beauty will, will grow inside the brokenness that we're all feeling right now. And, and I just hope that each of us can do our part, however big or small that might be, to help each other out. All right, so It's a Small World is, of course, available everywhere music is, and um, there are heaps of links in the show notes for all the stuff that we talked about. Um, and I'm just really, really delighted to have gotten to speak with you guys again after after all this time. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm happy to report that I will be doing a lot more episodes coming very, very soon, uh, telling the birth stories of different songs uh, and introducing you to uh, some new songs that I've been working on. And um, also very soon I will be recording the, the Enneagram overview episode that I had mentioned in the the very last episode way, way long ago. And that will be with my dear friend and Enneagram teacher, Chris Hewerts. Uh, we will talk about kind of the, the overall uh, Enneagram songs and um, kind of what the project has meant to me and uh, the ways that Chris has helped. And um, so, yeah, a lot more episodes are planned and uh, a lot more music to come. Um, so truly, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me. Please stay safe and well and uh, um, take care of each other. Mm-hmm.